This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Last week's episode was on romance and intimacy. And Jesse and I had so much fun putting together 10 practical ways that you can walk this out in your marriage and 10 ways that you can really keep the sparks alive. And we got such great feedback and so many additional ideas from many of you. But we're not done with this topic because we're going to bring you another episode on how to have, have a strong marriage this time from the perspective of a couple who, I don't really want to say older, say a little bit older, older than us, but Matt and Lisa Jacobson, they have been married for quite a bit longer than us. And I feel like they have a lot of wisdom to bring as a couple who has, you know, not only survived for, you said, 27 years of marriage, mm-hmm. but I think I feel like you're thriving in this marriage. So Absolutely. I'm excited for what you have to share with us and our audience today. And I know that there's probably a lot of people listening who they might be unfamiliar with you all. And so I'd love for you to just start by introducing yourselves and just telling us a little about, bit about you and your family. Okay. I'll dive in. All right. Well, Matt Jacobson here. And uh, essentially, Lisa and I have been married for about 27 years and we have eight kids. We live in the Pacific Northwest. And what we do uh, just in life is we are involved in a small church, but online we have an organization, actually two. Mine is called Faithful Man. Lisa's is called Club 31 Women. I'll let her tell you more about that. And then we co-host a podcast together called Faithful Life, and it's really about marriage parenting and all related matters. And you've written some books, too. We've written a few books. That's right. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> yes, we've written 100 Ways to Love Your Husband and 100 Ways to Love Your Wife. 
You've also written um, companion series, which is 100 words of affirmation your husband needs to hear, 100 words of affirmation your wife needs to hear. And the thing that Matt and I really enjoy doing is we enjoy coming together and offering uh, our perspective kind of from his his view and my view, but they how they come together. So that's the that's the benefit we think of just two people coming together. This is the what really says love to me. This is really how I express love to you. And that's how it came together. We really love that word you used, thrive, because that word describes the marriage that everybody can have if they're willing to make decisions every day that say, I love you, rather than decisions that say, I love me. Mm. And a lot of the things that you talk about in your books really give practical ways for people to actually walk that out. Absolutely. Because sometimes you hear, you're like, oh, we need to, you know, but it's like, well, what do I do? Well, if those of you who are listening, if you're thinking, you know, give me some practical ideas, we're going to talk about some of that today. But your books, you know, I'm reading these right now, 100 Words of Affirmation. I read both of them. So <laughs> Jesse was like, why are you reading 100 Words of Affirmation that your wife needs here? I was like, you know, just, just checking out, <laughs> just getting ideas for you. And I actually did go to him and I was like, you're really good at this. So see, it helps me to, nice. you know, appreciate him. Awesome. So you have eight children. Tell me, what is the age range? All right. Well, they go from 26 to 12. Okay. All right. So when the oldest was 12, we had eight children, 12 and under. So. <laughs> yes. Very full home. <laughs> so you figured out how to not only just, you know, survive all of that, but then thrive as a couple in the middle of a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, our fifth child was born with severe brain damage and mm. almost didn't make it, but she's mm. still with us today. And um, when we were at the hospital and there's just a big flurry of doctors and nurses and everybody's trying to help you and tell you what to expect and what you won't be able to expect. And one scene that just really stood out in my mind was the head of the NICU came, pulled us over and he said, I don't even know why he told us this, but he said, I just want you to know that 80% yeah, of the said, yeah. parents who have a child like this end in divorce. Mm-hmm. And it was so sobering to me. And and just you just think, oh, just when you need each other the most, you know, to care for a, a special child like this, you're pulled apart. And he was just, and he wasn't uh, a Christian. He just was just letting us know what, you know, kind of what was ahead of us. And at that time, Matt and I talked about it, even just that day and then ongoing days and weeks and just saying, we are not going to go down that road. We are going to pull together and not pull apart in our in the grief, in the just the upside down that it turns your whole life. You know, everything's suddenly different, and your needs are different, and you you can pour everything into this child, let alone the other children mm-hmm. we had at the and time. Neglect each other and right. neglect each other. So we really wanted to fight for our marriage in even in that, and go. That's the most loving thing we can do to this baby is. It's for us to love each other. Mm. And so that was a very, um, very strong. We were always, we were committed to marriage, obviously, before that. But that was the sobering moment of, wow, this, we could be a statistic. And a lot of people find out that uh, even without those super traumatic experiences in life, life itself, just mm. the noise of life, the busyness of life, the stress of life, has a way of causing a couple living in the same house to live and lead parallel lives. And so without a real direct focus and purpose to not th- let that happen. It's kind of the natural trajectory of a life in 21st century uh, a world, isn't it? Just we're going to start getting busy with all of the things of life. And if we're not purposeful, if we're not intentional about what we're doing, the steps we're taking, 
how we're moving forward in life together and what we're going to do and how that's going to look. Unless we're really focused on that, it can happen to us even just in a normal life without the major trauma. Mm. And so have you all always been really passionate about the topic of marriage? Absolutely. And I'll, I, and I can tell you exactly why. So uh, just growing up, we had a lot of opportunity uh, just around us in in the various communities that we were involved in. A lot of opportunity to see marriages that we just didn't want, mm. a life that we didn't want. We thought, right, you're going to get married and live like that for the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. So we just had a very, both of us independently had a very keen sense of the life that we desired with the person that we married. Now, I think everybody begins with maybe rose-colored glasses in terms of what they want or what they expect out of marriage. But uh, as I say, unless you're intentional going forward after those honeymoon weeks and months, then uh, then that vision tends to fade. But it doesn't have to, and that's the beautiful thing about marriage and about pursuing a life that that is really other-centered and other-focused and pursuing a life where you desire the best for your spouse and you really want to pour into your spouse and you want to draw near to your spouse. The beautiful thing about the potential, really, for every marriage is that you can have a rich, wonderful, beautiful marriage. A lot of people look at a couple that enjoys a great marriage and they go, wow, they just got lucky. Look Mm -hmm. at them. I mean, just their personalities work. And hey, what, what, what was said on our wedding day? Yeah, the, one of the pastors that was a, attending our wedding, he was a pastor of a big church in our area, and he said, well, those two will wake up hating each other. Mm. Okay. And, you know, you're just thinking, as a bride, you're thinking, wow, that's quite a prophecy. No, I don't know if he was just looking out at his own congregation going, yeah, this is usually the way it works out. <laughs> I don't know. I think he had a specifically in mind, but that's all right. But the thing is, a great marriage isn't about having gotten lucky in the marriage lottery Mm -hmm. and just gotten together with somebody whose personality or way of being melts with yours. A great marriage, as every couple who has a great marriage knows, it isn't about falling in a hole backwards and getting lucky. It's about being purposeful and intentional and investing in each other. And you were saying a moment ago, Crystal, that a lot of people might have an idea of wanting to do that, but maybe not knowing where to begin. Mm -hmm. And that really is the heart of why we wrote the 100 Ways to Love Your Wife and 100 Ways to Love Your Husband books. The thing is, is those books are literally an outflow of the marriage that we have. It's how we live our marriage. And so we just thought, you know what? These simple little books, why don't we just put some practical steps together, things that somebody can do one a day, just one thing a day, one way to change how I'm thinking toward my spouse, one concrete thing to do toward my spouse or for my spouse. And we put those uh, together in the book, and that's really what they are, just a very practical daily dose of uh, direction mm-hmm. for what to do in your marriage. Well, when we actually we wrote the books, we were sitting on a cafe, and I had a lavender latte, Matt has an Americano, and we were just having one of those sweet moments in marriage, and we're holding hands and kind of just felt really close. And And I looked up at him, and I just, you know, we were saying, so much of what we're enjoying right now is those tiny little investments that are made over time. And not to um, take away from those big things, like I'm going to say big things, communication, respect, sex, those are all big topics and they're important for sure. But there's so many of those little ways every day that you actually show love that make those bigger conversations, bigger challenges actually possible to work through. And so that's kind of what prompted it. And I said, you know what, let's just, well, actually, I think you're the one that said it. Let's just sit down and we're just going to write out all the things we 
kind of do or that you do for me that have said love that have kind of have that have built that closeness over time and so that's where it came out and so many people said you know what i i love my spouse i actually do i just don't know how to express it i don't know how to say it i don't know what it looks like because they either grew up in a broken home or it never had it modeled or it's harder than it looks when or you you're just single. fall out of practice yeah oh that's know? another good I mean, reason you no know, guy ever needed you know somebody to encourage him to really pursue his wife before he was married to her yeah hopefully <laughs> he was pursuing her that's right that's how he got her right right, right? Uh, no nobody has to say hey you know you really need to be focused and intentional and he, he's on point and he's he's pursuing that woman and so it's just not different after you're married i mean this is the this is sort of the big the big myth is you know marriage itself just keeps getting better and better you find the person of your dreams find the person to spend the rest of your life with and then it's just sailing but it's just not like that and uh we like we we i like to say make sure you date your wife before during and after the wedding but especially after the wedding mm. so let's talk specifically i was thinking there's so many things that you said but i'd love for you to talk about for young couples who are listening maybe they're not married yet and they're anticipating that, or they have only been married for a few years. You bet. What are some foundational things that they can do to set themselves up for a lifetime of this strong marriage? Absolutely. Well, what comes to mind is when I was newly wed, and I we went to a restaurant, and I saw this older couple, um, and they were sitting there, and they spent the whole lunch not even talking to each other, like they just both ordered and. I don't think they looked up at each other the whole time. And then, you know, he grabbed his newspaper, she grabbed her phone and they left. And I, I was so sad. Like it just made me so sad. And then just looking over at my relatively new husband thinking, is that what it's going to be? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then another, you know, flashback, I was looking over at Matt's folks who were married over 60 years and they didn't have a perfect marriage but they were very committed and loving to one another. And at the end of their days, there they are sitting there holding hands, watching the sunset and just enjoying sweet companionship. Mm. And I thought, that is what I want. That is what I'm shooting for. Not perfection, but just that I want to be holding hands with him at the end of our days. Mm. And for me personally, that is during those hard moments where you're just so mad or discouraged or frustrated. And well, you're... mad in an unreasonable sort of way, because I don't think I've <laughs> rightly ever given you a reason. Like Do you a real really want to get into that? <laughs> so, and I have a bit of a temper, so I do get just so angry sometimes. Um, and then I would think, Lisa, which do you want? You know, and I want to be holding hands. And for me, sometimes that was enough just to, to humble myself and come back and go, all right, I'm ready to talk about this. What I'd like to say to the young people out there that are listening, maybe the young married couples or those that are looking to marriage, hoping, hoping to get married. So first of all, you've probably seen a lot of examples that you want to avoid. And the, the reason that those marriages are like that is because of choices that the couples have made. It's not inevitable to have a rough marriage. It's not inevitable to face incredible challenges and to spend so much uh, time and, and, and months and years in shipwreck in the relationship, it is not inevitable. That's a result of choices that are made. And so, first of all, if you're a young couple, uh, we would just really encourage you, if I may encourage you, we'd really encourage you to get the books. 
100 ways to love your wife, 100 ways to love your husband. These are instructions about loving each other every day. It is the responsibility of a young man to love and to pursue and to cherish his wife. It is your responsibility that you are married to a cherished woman. And so maybe just as a starting point, uh, you could ask your wife, do you feel like a cherished woman? Do you feel cherished by me? And she might say, no, don't let yourself respond in a negative way. If that's the case, this is a starting point for something beautiful. If she feels like she isn't cherished, then humble yourself and just say, well, I want you to be a cherished woman. Can you name three things that I could do? Just three things that I could do to be a cherished woman. But I'll tell you one right off the bat that you don't even have to ask her about. I can't tell you how many couples I've met, young, old, that simply have not taken the time to date each other. All right. It's amazing. I was speaking at a conference and it was one of those more open type uh, forums where people were pretty willing to say what was on their mind and a lot of couples there, but this guy was there. His wife was not there. And he said, Hey, I just want to know what to do. He said, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me and I don't know what to do. So everybody's going, well, I guess we're having that conversation <laughs> in the middle of the, of the conference here. And I said, hey, uh, now I hear you, buddy. Let me ask you one question. When was the last time you took your wife on a date? He said, well, you know, life has been really busy. And we've, I said, time out. You've answered your own question. You've not pursued your wife. Mm -hmm. You've not cherished her. You've not made her a priority. You've not made her feel that she is of supreme value to you. All right. So what I would encourage every guy to do, just make a date night, make a decision that you are going to pursue your wife every week. Now, if you don't know what to do, it's not rocket science. Even a cup of coffee can make an awesome date. And here's all you have to do. Here's what it takes to make an awesome date. You sit down, you make the arrangements. If you've got kids, she doesn't take care of the babysitter, you do. She doesn't pick where you're going, you do. You All she has to do is show up looking beautiful. And the whole point of it is you just want to be with her. And start it off by saying, babe, I'm just wondering what you've been thinking lately. I'm wondering, is there anything on your mind, something you're concerned about, something you're excited about? I just like to hear from you, right? That's about pursuing the heart of another person. When your wife feels valued, your wife will give back to you far more than you ever poured into her soul. Okay, so I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because I know there's a lot of women who just listen and they're like, oh, I want that, but my husband will never ever do any of that. He's not pursuing me. He's not making me feel valued. He's not, you know, really, he's just, yes, he pays the bills. That's it. Or maybe he's not even doing a great job of that. And they're really frustrated and they hear what you're saying and they want that. What are they supposed to do? So ideally he's pursuing you, he's taking you out, but I'm also a big fan if that's not what's happening or that's not working, at least at this point in your relationship then you can make it happen too. And that is picking things like, all right, so he's heading out to the hardware store. I'm just like, hey, how about I hop in? And I'll go with you. And we go in and maybe pick up a coffee on the way, you know, through we live in the Pacific Northwest where coffee's like a big deal. So <laughs> I always have to throw in the coffee part. But but just even things like that, I'm just, I'm just here with you. And you want it to be a, a sweet time. You want him to see that, you know, I actually really am enjoying this. And that means you're not coming with your list of 
things he needs to do, to take care of, to work through, like really and truly just for now, put aside that list and you're just with him. Just like, hey, how'd your day go? And hey, I wondered how that thing worked out. And you're pursuing him. Mm. And over time, that really can lead to better things. We even had a a couple where Matt was encouraging the guy, okay, just take her out for coffee. And so I think he ended up like pick up a coffee and then went for a drive and then they sat in the driveway. And and then he told us this big old tough guy, like just a big old tough guy. And he, with tears in his eyes, he said, I had the best talk with my wife because mm-hmm. I guess I forgot about that whole part of our lives. And he was the one that was greatly moved by this talk that they had. So it's often in them. They've either lost sight of it or they're so stressed or they already feel rejected. And so they're going to make sure that they don't get rejected, defeated again. I think that's such a good point there with the already feeling rejected because Jesse and I talk about that a lot. I feel like a lot of men, that's one hang up that they have to pursuing their wife because their wife has done things that has made them feel rejected. And I'd love for you to speak to that, Matt, of like, how can a woman help her man feel that he's going to want to pursue her because she's not going to reject him? Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah, it can be complicated, and for each couple, it's a different sort of set of circumstances, but it's kind of all in the same category mm-hmm. if you're having that kind of trouble. And on the one hand, you hate to put the burden, if somebody's, if the wife is feeling like, hey, nobody's paying attention to me, and I'm feeling alone in this relationship. So we're sensitive to that, but just relative to this specific piece of it that you're talking about, you really do have to recognize that the relationship involves two different people. And you have to recognize your part in the relationship. And I think that many women think that their husbands are made out of Teflon. Mm. So they can just throw anything at them and it's not going to stick. And they're tough. They can take it. And a lot of guys actually can't take it. They just don't show not taking it the Mm. way the wife shows not taking it. The way the wife shows not taking it is, you know, getting angry, frustrated and leaving the room and maybe driving off somewhere. The way a lot of guys can't take it or don't take it is they just get quiet. They just withdraw and they go, oh, okay, you want to you wanna rule the roost that way? You go ahead. You want to talk to me that way? Not a problem. It just means that my heart is closed off to you. And so ask yourself, you know, am I approaching my husband? Am I approaching him in a respectful way? Have I spoken to him with respect? Have I spoken to him with honor? Have I spoken to him or about him with honor to other people? Mm -hmm. Does he know beyond a shadow of a doubt I am totally loyal in my heart to him? Not only just I wouldn't speak to somebody else about him, but rather the way I communicate. Does he feel honored by the way I interact with him? And once a couple has gone down this road a long way, it's a hard road back if you're going to make it by yourself. And this is why. Uh, we really encourage couples not to live in isolation. We need the involvement. We need the perspective of other people. And sometimes in a situation like we're talking about, it might be the wife that is doing things that is distancing her husband's heart from her. Or it might be the husband who is simply not meeting his responsibilities in relationship and he's not loving her the way he wants to be loved, right? Isn't that the golden rule? <laughs> Love other people the way you want to be loved, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And so 
that's never more important than in marriage. And so when a couple gets in this downward and negative cycle, what we need often is we need the involvement and the perspective of other people. Trauma, difficulty, trials in marriage have their best and most fertile soil in isolation. And mm. so sometimes we need other people in our lives to say, you know what? You're not right about that. You've got a bad perspective or a wrong perspective. Yeah, just to offer perspective. I, I can think of another situation where we had a young couple, younger couple at least, and they were really struggling and she was really upset with her husband. And she said, okay, I, you know, we need some help. Will you help us? And so we had this good talk. But the, by the end of the evening, it turned out it was actually, she was doing things unknowingly, unconsciously that were really tearing apart their marriage and their relationship. And she, as soon as, you know, as soon as it became apparent, she was felt awful and she cried and asked forgiveness. And it was a turning point in their marriage. And I don't even think he saw what it was. He just Neither of them did. No, he felt it and he was doing the pulling mm. away. But with, not, not that we're anything special, but sometimes you're, you're at a little bit of a distance. You can say, wait a minute, what did you just say back there? Well, then I did this and that. I'm like, oh, that was probably really hurtful. Mm -hmm. And then him realizing, yeah, it was really hurtful. So that's another beautiful thing. That's so good. Okay, so we, okay, so I want to close out with, you all have so many practical ideas in your books, but I would love for you to give couples, no matter whether they're newly married or, you know, they've been married for 10 years or 30 years, Give some practical takeaways of things that, you know, maybe you could give it from the husband's perspective and you from the wife's perspective of how, what can they do as soon as they've listened to this podcast, maybe three or five things that they can prioritize this week that could start to make those tiny steps in the right direction and, you know, really starting their marriage, maybe if it's in a bad place and kind of helping to pivot in a better direction, or maybe it's in a good place, mm -hmm. but just to get it to a better place. Absolutely. Well, the marriage that you have today is the marriage that you built yesterday based on the building materials that you used. And the marriage that you will have tomorrow will be based on the building materials and the building methods that you used mm -hmm. from today going forward. So if you're in a bad place, you can get in a better place. There's hope. There's real hope for your marriage, absolutely. But you have to recognize that just being the same way and living the same way and doing the same things and having the same attitudes and making daily decisions that say, I love me, rather than decisions that say, I love you, will not get you that marriage. So number one, we just have to take a sober look at our involvement and our part in the marriage. And then the other thing that I would say is just simply non-negotiable for somebody that is pursuing an excellent marriage. And that is that you both must be purposeful and intentional about the specific things that you're doing on a daily and a weekly basis to build that beautiful marriage. Don't let yourself believe that couples with great marriages are just lucky. They have worked hard and they have gotten the focus off of themselves and they've pursued how to love each other. And you must be intentional. That's certainly why we wrote these books, to help people in that purposeful intention daily in their marriages. But those are two things that I would, uh, that I would offer. And just on, a, on like a pra some practical things are in the book, a lot of practical things actually. And this one comes to mind when 
I had three little kids, you know, three and under, and it, it's a, I was busy. I was very tired. In fact, we lived in Nashville at the time, and um, we were at the um, the mall here, just when we just passed by, actually. And I ran into yeah. Matt and I were having a coffee together, and I was just sort of, you know, down, heavy, tired. And uh, a girlfriend of mine walked by, and we just ran into each other. And so I, you know, I saw her, and I kind of jumped up, and I was like, "Oh, Susan, so good to see you! Hug, hug!" And you know, kind of a quick exchange because I was supposed to be on a date with my husband, but I was, blah, 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 you know. And then I sat back down, and Matt looks at me, and he just says so quietly and just kind of sadly, he just said, "I wish you'd look at me like that." Mm. I thought, "Oh my goodness." I just felt so convicted. I just was coming to him, which, I mean, he is my safe place to come with my heavies and all of that. But I had lost that, that, that light, you know, that I had for him. And, and so I just decided right then, you know, I thought every day I'm going to smile at that man, like with all, with my eyes, my mm. mouth, everything. And it's a small thing, but you'd be amazed what a difference it can make in your marriage just by greeting him first thing in the morning. Hey. So love you. So happy to see you. Mm. So good. Well, for everyone listening, I think you're probably right now just thinking, I've got to go get a copy of those books. So the names of their books are 100 Ways to Love Your Wife, 100 Ways to Love Your Husband, and then 100 Words of Affirmation Your Wife Needs to Hear and 100 Words of Affirmation Your Husband Needs to Hear. And we will link to those in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming all the way to Nashville to join us today for this and your words of wisdom. I know that this is truly going to impact many marriages in a deep and profound way, probably for years to come. So thank you. Well, thank so you. great to be here with you, really. Yes. Thank you, Crystal. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 